Basil McGee. I knew about Basil from a distance. Basil was a master. The best runner in the state. It's funny, there's a YouTube video out the era of Basil, Basil McGee. Welcome back to All the Miles Mattered. I said early on in this show, in mentioning the pomp and circumstance that surrounded the Largo Invitational, that I would tell you at least two more stories about classic races in that meet. You've heard about the 1975 race, won by Mike Ware of Largo over Brett Hoffman and Bob Brayman. Today I'm going to tell you about the Largo Invitational in 1979 and set the scene for that season and what it means to this story. In 1979, a Largo runner named Basil McGee was ranked number one in the state. Two years earlier, no one had ever heard of Basil McGee, at least not in the distance running community. He tried wrestling at Largo. He tried to be a sprinter. He spent a lot of time fishing at Taylor Park, but he wasn't doing any running there until his junior year in cross country in 1978. But Basil McGee came on fast, and under the tutelage of Coach Haley, in 1979, he was the number one ranked runner in the state in cross country. This is fall of 1979, McGee's senior year. He was matched up against Winter Haven's Keith Brantley. I've mentioned Keith Brantley's name earlier. I said he was one of the greatest runners in Florida history. He was better than just someone who's among the greats from the Sunshine State. He's one of the best the U.S. has produced. I'm going to read you some of the article from Glenn Miller of the Evening Independent, dated October 12, 1979. For nearly three miles, Basil McGee chased Keith Brantley's shadow, but somewhere in the final few hundred yards of Thursday's Largo Invitational, something happened to McGee, Florida's number one prep cross-country runner. Instead of sprinting shoulder-to-shoulder with Brantley toward the finishing chute, McGee was back on the Taylor Park course. As Brantley shot through the chute, McGee stumbled along the pine needles, struggling when he should have been chugging. Brantley finished 21 seconds ahead of McGee. After the race, Keith Brantley went over to Basil. He tried to console him. There's a photo that ran in the St. Pete Times of the two of them kind of holding each other up after the race. The Evening Independent quotes Brantley as saying, Basil, say something to me. Say you're all right. I know I beat him, you know, at his invitational my senior year, but I think he had the flu uh, and he collapsed the finish. As it turns out, McGee wasn't sick. Here's how he explains it. What happened there was uh, <laughs> Coach Haley had a thing that uh, he used to say, what he'd say is, was, hungry dogs hunt best. You know, I was so greedy that uh, I said, well, okay, I'm going to not eat for X amount of time. And so I, I went into that race hungry as heck. <laughs> I had eaten, I don't, I don't know, probably all that day or whatever. And at the very end, I just had nothing left. Largo. As the Evening Independent article said, their number one runner was beaten, but the teammates of Basil McGee did not falter. Quoting the article, In the Largo tradition of devastation via depth, Packers finished 2nd, 4th, 5th, 8th, and ninth. The running of McGee, Rick Heigel, Brian Benedict, Mark Lincoln, and Kevin Crawley gave Largo an absurdly large victory margin. The number one ranked Packers had 28 points. Runner-up Brandon had 104. 
Largo went on to win the 4A state title that year, 1979. Basil McGee did not win the individual title. He finished second to Keith Brantley in the state meet. I only had one choice in that race, and that was to go out as hard as I possibly could. Because, you know, if you saw any of our races or, you know, had anybody describe them, Basil was a master at, you know, sitting back and waiting until the very last moment to out sprint me. Even though I had some decent leg speed, it was nothing compared to his. The only choice I had was to just beat him in the ground in the first mile and a half. It was either going to work or I was going to fail miserably. There was going to be no option other than that. And I think we went out our first mile, like 427 or so. But I had run up a pretty significant lead on him at that point, uh, even at the first mile. The Packers, after the fact, would go on to be named co-national champions by mile split. The team they tied, Astronaut High School out of Titusville, coached by Nick Gailey. There was another interesting thing that happened in 1979. Even though it didn't make headlines at the time, it was important to this story. A few weeks before that Largo Invitational, Lado High School ran a dual meet against Jefferson High School in Tampa. Lado's boys had the top seven finishers in the meet. September 18th, 1979. That's the moment the nickname was coined. Long Red Runner. Lado qualified for the state meet that year, and in the words of Coach Ennis, the team was going to celebrate that accomplishment. 79, we made it to the state meet. We thought that was a big deal, which it was because we'd never made it before. So we kind of went up there with the idea that we would celebrate making it to the state meet. And we stayed at a hotel with Brandon and Largo. Brent Haley and Jeff DeCola, they had their teams there. I still remember their runners looking, they're standing on the balcony looking down at my guys playing football in the parking lot. I realized after that year that if you make it to state, you got to be pretty serious and you don't play football in the parking lot the day before the meet. That would not be the only time that a hotel balcony's occupants looked down at Lado's runners and wondered what the heck they were thinking. Some of those 1984 guys know exactly what I'm talking about. We'll get to that in a later episode. Even though Basil McGee never won a cross-country title for Largo, he definitely made his mark in high school and college. He still holds school records for Largo in three events, 902 in the two-mile, 408.98, in the mile, and 151.8 in the 880, or the half mile. Those times may not mean a lot to everyone listening to this podcast, but they are really fast. In Coach Haley's words, those records will probably never be broken. As a high school sophomore, Basil McGee had never run a timed mile. As a senior, Basil McGee set the state record for high school runners in the mile. Think about that for just a minute. Basil McGee spent more time fishing at Taylor Park than he did running. He likes to point out that there's even a picture of him in the yearbook, and it's not him at school. It is him fishing at a little peninsula at Taylor Park. That was my, basically my home, away from home in a lot of ways. That's where I did all my fishing. It's funny because I remember I got a yearbook, and on one of the pages in the back, there's me down there on the place where I called the finger. I was fishing. I was in that same spot when Elvis Presley died. That's how I found out about Elvis Presley. This little kid runs around to where I'm at on the finger, and he goes, Elvis Presley died. And 
I looked at my brother and I said, who the heck is Elvis Presley? <laughs> In the spring of 1980, on the track, Basil McGee not only set a state record in the mile, he ran what was, for that season, the fastest high school mile in the country, a time of 4.08.98. That's 4 minutes, 8.98 seconds. I'm again going to quote Glenn Miller of the Evening Independent from two days after that state track meet. McGee has probably gone farther in a shorter period of time than any athlete has a right to expect. He didn't start running until his sophomore year at Largo. Now, out of the thousands of prep runners in the nation, he's the best. I knew he'd be good, Coach Brent Haley is quoted as saying in the article. I never knew he'd be that good. He didn't wear spikes on the track. He wore racing flats. And when he went by you, you know, on the last lap, which was, if he was with you, it was inevitable. That was, you know, it was just a matter of time. The sand from his flats would sting your face. So at the state meet in 1980, I think I finished third, but he went by us in the last lap, and I think his last lap was 55 seconds. You hear Keith Brantley say those words, and I think it's important to remember when he talks about the inevitability of being passed by Basil McGee, this was not just a guy who was somewhat competitive in high school or college. This is Keith Brantley. He won the 1979 cross-country state meet in a time of 14 minutes, 18 seconds. He won multiple SEC championships while running for the Florida Gators. He won a World University Games championship in the 10K, and he ran in the 1996 Olympics in the marathon. Brantley was great, and so was Basil McGee. Both of them had dreams of making the Olympics, justifiably. I know Basil had in his mind competing in the Olympics at some point, and uh, I knew before I even started running that I wanted to compete in the Olympic Games. And ironically, I thought I was going to go to the Olympics in sailing. I was an avid sailboat racer before I started running. In their senior season of cross country, both of them qualified for the Kinney Cross Country Championship. There is a YouTube video, very 1970s. They descended into the gentle climate of San Diego, California, the first week in December 1979. They came from Texas and Tennessee, from Kansas and Colorado. The anticipation showing clearly on their faces. They knew they were special. Look for that on the Facebook page for the show, All the Miles Mattered. It was trips such as that one to San Diego that opened Basil McGee's eyes to the world that was out there. He is certain that without finding distance running, he likely has a very different life. I probably wouldn't have graduated high school even. I think ultimately it got me out of the community, the neighborhood. I wasn't in a bad area or anything like that, but it exposed me to so much. As a result of that exposure, I got to travel through high school to different places. That's when I chose the lifestyle I wanted to live the rest of my life. I didn't want to be in a quote-unquote segregated certain ethnicity type neighborhood. I wanted to be out there. You know, I wanted to travel, try different food. So it opened me up to the rest of the world. McGee is thankful to the people who pushed him when he needed it. I think what it was, my parents, my mother mainly saw 
where my heart was. In fact, my mom was like my coach Haley. And uh, there would be times I didn't really want to go run and she's, you better go run. And so my mom provided me everything that I've asked her to get me that I needed, you know, to do the job. He's quite humble and unassuming when talking about what he did as a runner. And that's something that has rubbed off on his teammates. Speaking about those teammates, Largo had a group of distance runners that ran a nation-leading time that year in the four-mile relay. Obviously, one of those was Basil McGee. Basil ran 4.09, Bart ran 4.16, Richard Heigl ran 4.18, Brian Benedict ran 4.19. One of those runners Coach Haley mentioned is one I've mentioned before, Bart Sellers, who led Largo to the 1980 cross-country title, a three-point victory over the long red row. Here again is Chris Palmer, who as a freshman was a key contributor to that 1980 Largo team. I remember really noticing Bart Sellers. He just seemed like he was seven feet tall. The guy was gigantic. And he embodied every single thing that Coach Haley told us about. Class and dignity, hard work and dedication and humility. Humility is so important to Coach Haley. I just wanted to be him. I wanted to be Bart. He really was my first real running idol. Now, my brother, to a great degree, was a running idol, Ed Palmer, because he was a state champion. But I never really saw Ed run. There's just a difference in time period. So Bart was really my first role model for running. And it was incredible to see this guy who was so good and, and he won everything. He's undefeated. I remember so much just being around him and feeling like that's what I wanted to be someday. Most of my memories around that season kind of surround watching him and how he treated other people. Now, when I talk to Bart, we finish up our interview, but he calls me a few minutes later. I've heard that stated about me. One thing I would say is, and I haven't really seen it stated enough, I really kind of took that from Basil McGee how he conducted himself because the guy was the best and he was very humble. He uh, treated everybody right, never acted like he was better than anybody. I, you know, I just followed that. I really credit it to baseball and how he conducted himself. was never arrogant, was helpful. He was just a good teammate to be around. And uh, I just wanted to share that. He deserves that credit. One of the pictures in my mind when I was running the half mile was always Basil McGee. You know, him and Bart Sellers, to me, were what I wanted to be, especially Basil. I mean, he just had this fluid run, and he looked so powerful out the track. Um, I tried to imagine myself running with him when I was out there. So that was my senior year, um, and I just had a good race. Who was that guy? And what sets him apart from other members of the Long Red Row? Find out on a future episode of All the Miles Mattered.